Welcome back. My name is Kit Laser. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things Continuing Mission Impossible Mondays. Dun, 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 dun. Mission Impossible. The long wait for Dead Reckoning Part 1 is almost over. I, for one, have been waiting, I think, three years. It was delayed twice last year when it was delayed an entire year. My heart broke and has not been pieced back together since. Maybe uh, next week it'll finally be mended. I think it will. Maybe. It's my, my, my character arc is almost completing. Your character arc. You're giving off main character energy. Mm, I'm giving. Uh, I'm serving. No, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. The Ghost Protocol is what we're talking about this time. The fourth installment came out in 2011. Protocol. This time. Protocol. Yeah, yeah, who's spooky? Protocol. It's a ghost. <laughs> it's directed by Brad Bird. What a lovely surprise. Yeah. Brad Bird's a great director. Big yeah. fan of Incredibles. Yeah, this was his first live action directorial debut. And, and a great I, outing. And what a great, like maybe the perfect movie for him to kind of dip his toes into the live action world. Great toe dip. Yeah. I think. Um, great install. I love every one of these movies. I really do, except mm -hmm. for the second one. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of each of these reviews, we're going to like keep track of our current on a rewatch. Streaming things agreed ranking of Mission Impossible. And that's the, the 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 sticking point. It's not Steve and I doing our own different rankings. We have to agree. We won't the podcast won't stop until we agree. It'll it'll be the official streaming things ranking of these movies. Everybody's been dropping their Mission Impossible rankings mm -hmm. throughout the last week or so. I've been keeping track. And on, I, on your TikTok? No, no, no. It's like on Twitter, like, you know, critics, and even other directors oh, are just dropping you. numbers with greater signs and you know that they're talking about Mission Impossible. And I think it's fascinating. I have always felt like, you know, you're kind of underrating the first film, mm -hmm. but a lot of people have it at like the two spot. Am I one? Like it's pretty, pretty like common. It's like it's the second best one. Correct. Yeah, well, a lot of people are fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even close. Like there's a lot of. It's a subjective art form. Sure. But you're wrong. There's a lot of six, you know, a lot of fallout at number one, as you would imagine. Yeah, fallout's great. Um, there's a couple uh, ghost protocols at number one. Wow. Which I thought was fascinating. Wow. It would not be my ranking. No. In fact, not to spoil it, but I I think three might still be above four. <gasps> that, was gonna, that was going to be my hot take. Is yeah. that your hot take? Yeah. I don't think it's a hot take. I think okay. Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman elevates above the clearly better snot work in four. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, oh yeah for sure the stunt work in four is way better and i don't know i didn't look up her name yet i need to the female lead in ghost protocol paula Patton. paula Patton plays jane jane is fine mm -hmm. but compared to ilsa faust yeah ilsa faust is way better <laughs> come on i'm not i don't want to <laughs> even might, tandy newton tandy this, Wade might, newton. this might come across as mean because i haven't seen ghost protocol since like you know early oh, like 20 teens you know yeah it's been it's been a minute since i've seen ghost protocol i forgot that jane wasn't ilsa faust i was kind of like like yeah waiting for her to come in ilsa's this, coming yeah. in who's the, okay i don't remember this lady as much Where's sure ilsa? so i was wrong on that because i was really excited to find ilsa faust again but. oh my god i what? just realized the agent at the beginning is sawyer yeah i, I talked a lot last week about that there's going to be some lost crossover and yes, Sawyer is Hannaway. Uh, ha Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Josh I'm, Holloway. I wonder if uh, Anil Kapoor is like a big Bollywood star too, because he just looks like uh, he would be a super big action star or something. That would be a cool deep cut that I know nothing about. No? 
I mean, he was in, well, I haven't seen any of these movies. He was in Race 3, which has a 1.9 on IMDb. So and you know it's good. Tall. But he was also in, uh, he played Prem in Slumdog Millionaire. But yes, uh, Leah Seydoux, huge fan of hers. I wish uh, Sabine Moreau was a bigger part of this franchise for sure. But I was Agreed. not, I'm not a big Paula Patton fan. Uh, not, not this, her, I'm, I don't know her as a person. <laughs> I'm just saying like the character, like they didn't do much with it. It's there's something missing to that character specifically. Like, cause I think I'm she, glad you agree. I think she's great. Like, like as an actress, I think she's doing what needs to be done, but I think in terms of writing and like coming up with what that character is and how she fits into the overall group, there's just something missing. I can't quite figure out what it is, but you literally like, I forgot she was here. I thought she was going to be Ilsa. And then when, you know, you watch the next one, you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm not, I don't miss her. Right. And, and it's nothing to say that she's doing a bad job. Like I, I miss like Declan I said, more than I missing. missed her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I miss Carrie Russell. There's so much to love in ghost protocol. I, I can't say that enough. Like Leia Seydoux, Sabine Moreau's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just, it's held back. And the, the stunt work is great. We finally get a full on like, uh, Brant and Benji join the crew. Yes. Like, this is great, right? I love the addition of Brant. I love Benji being in the field now. Yeah. It's so good. He passed his field test. Uh, but the uh, the villain, played by played great by Michael Nyquist, and, and it's the first, I think, I think he's Finnish, the first Finnish in a major um, American blockbuster. Um, he's definitely the first uh, villain in a Mission Impossible franchise that that it's this is the first movie with a villain that was not a part of him in my IMF. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a complete nothing burger villain. Yeah. That's the thing that I think that takes this movie back yes. so much is that this villain is so goddamn forgettable. And uh, like everything they're trying to make him seem like I don't understand why he's so good at tricking IMF. I don't really get his his motivations is like what a Bond villain motivation would have been in the 60s, where it's like, I just want to destroy the world because reasons. Yes. And and then he just, nothing against Michael, why did he pronounce his last name? I think it's Nyquist. Nyquist? I, I don't know for sure. Nothing against him, but he's just got, he just looks so unthreatening. There's nothing really interesting about him. He doesn't have a good presence. And so it's just, I I honestly forget forget about this guy. Again, I started watching Ghost Protocol like, man, can't wait for Solomon Lane to show up. Really looking forward to Sean Harris. Oh, that's not this movie. It's this guy that I completely forgot about. Cool. Who plays the secretary? He's uh, Falcone in the Nolan Batman films. Oh, it's a uh, really famous actor. Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. When he popped up, I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> he's very short lived. Is the, so Tom Wilkinson is British, right? I believe so. So I love it when Tom I was Wilk- a betting man. I love when Tom Wilkinson does his American accent. He just sounds like Falcone from The Dark Knight. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's almost time. always that accent. He's yeah. almost always American. <laughs> but yeah, my my I jumped right in. But my overall thoughts are: I do love this movie. I love all of the movies. So when when you rank Mission Impossible, it's one of those franchises where like every ranking is valid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, everything's subjective, of course, but I yeah. just mean like I can almost agree with almost anybody's ranking because it's like I fucking love all of them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Unless some psychopath put two at number one <laughs> uh, or but it's not like Terminator where you could be like, you know, I think Rise of the Machines is the best. Like like you would be an insane person, mm-hmm. you know, right. Whereas with Mission Impossible, you could put four at one. You could put five at one. You could put six at one. You could put yeah. one at one. And I wouldn't like think you were a, a madman. Right. Um, 
I know you would at the last one, but <laughs> <laughs> people love Brian De Palma. And I do think there's a lot of like really good spy craft and the fact that there's no gun shooting or anything like there's no like crazy stunt work mm -hmm. and the iconic shot of, of Ethan Hunt, like dropping into uh, <clears throat> the, the vault, you know, and stopping just short and the sweat. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that is like film history. If somebody yeah. shows you like. Uh, a film reel of just like 37 clips of different movies to show you like the power of cinema that's always in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's iconic. So, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, the first movie is not without its merits to me. Sure. Like I, I, there's a lot of things I respect about it. I just don't think the, the glue that holds it all together is very good. There's like, there's like sparks of brilliance in it. Mm hmm but surrounded by utter mediocrity that mm. I think is, I, th I think the first one is so overrated, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's just me personally. It's a subjective art form. And, and this that's is the, great thing. This is the last film where we get, uh, the, the shtick of a different director for each film, mm -hmm. uh, because you had, uh, Brian De Palma, then John Woo, then JJ Abrams, then Brad Bird. And then it's just Christopher McQuarrie from here on out. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise found his soulmate, he found a soulmate hundred percent. And Brad, I love Brad Bird so much. And I, the reason why I think this this franchise is perfect for him to branch out in is, you know, Brad Bird, probably most famous for directing Pixar's The Incredibles. And The Incredibles probably. has a lot of like 60s influence music and gadgets. And kind tech, of spycraft, yeah. Spy craftiness. And I think this this movie in particular, out of all the Mission Possibles, maybe the one that is most kind of leans heavily into what the old TV show was originally. Like there's like some really interesting gadgets and they've got that like the little the, the the soundtrack is very 60s-esque with that like i don't know what you call that like drum like like you know what i mean uh that is a i don't know but <laughs> but, but i think this is like perfect for brad bird and i love him so much and i and i i i feel like i've criticized this movie for two reasons so far like the villain and we talked about like kind of how paula Patton's character isn't that amazing yeah. but overall i think ghost protocol is awesome everything else slaps yeah it's I, the one i've rewatched least other than two though not for any particular reason, but like I always like I watched Rogue, Rogue Nation last night uh, and, and it ended at 2 a.m. I shit you not. We'll probably finish recording at 6 or 7 p.m. or something. I could watch it tonight happily. I really could. You know what I mean? It's a great um, movie. I could rewatch three. But I don't think I could watch four again for a few months. Like it wouldn't even occur to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just something about that. Not that rewatchability is the only metric, but. Right. But, but, but I mean, this movie in particular, you kind of touched on it earlier. I think this movie, the stunt work in this movie is incredible. Oh, it's top like notch. The, uh, the Dubai sequence is really, really great. Yeah. Um, the, the stuff with uh, Jeremy Renner's Brant in the supercomputer is a little silly, but it's fun. Yes. And, and this movie also has a lot of fun. There's a lot more comedy, I think, in this movie than the others. Uh, not that the others didn't have comedy, especially three, but I think the comedy in this one is ratcheted up a bit. Well, once you put Simon Pegg in the mix, it changes everything as far as the comedy for yeah. the rest of the franchise to, to the better. Yeah. And even Jeremy Renner's like really funny in this. Oh, too. Jeremy Renner's great. I think Jeremy Renner's uh, under, underappreciated as a presence. I um, agree. I, I like him in movies a lot. I, I, I understand that his personal life people can do be a little eye rolling on because of his like album and the app that he made, like the Jeremy Renner app. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Like I, I get why people can not be super hot on, but I think like as a, as a actor and I, I think he's great. Like I love Hawkeye. I love him in anything he's really in. Yeah. He's always entertaining. Wind river. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The, and this movie was actually the first movie that was sort of introducing the Brant Jeremy Renner character. Cause I think at the time they were worried like Tom Cruise would leave the franchise at some point. 
And so they wanted oh, to bring, really? they wanted to bring, they're uh, like, Oh, he did so great with the Bourne franchise. Let's bring him into mission impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they were kind of grooming him to be like, once Tom Cruise decided to step away, then Jeremy Renner's Brant would become the mission impossible leader. You know? Yeah. Um, that hasn't happened yet. It's not going to. I don't think it will go happen because Tom Cruise will be doing these movies until he fucking dies. He even said that Dead Reckoning Part 2 is not going to be the end. He doesn't think, which is crazy because this is supposed to be the denouement. That's why it was so exciting. And, it, and yeah, I think and he recently said, oh, we're not done. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, what? He's like 61 now or something? Uh, is he? I don't think he's that old, is he? He, he, he was born in 62. So yeah, wow. he's, yeah, he's like sixty one. I know he's now. doing most of the stunts still. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. Like, but like he's he. I, I think his spirit will always be in there. Like his spirit can always do Mission Impossible. I don't know if his body will keep up with him, but I mean his. You know, Tom Cruise looks amazing I mean, still takes to about, this day. He looks better than me, and I'm half his age. Yeah, well, you're taller. <laughs> I well, I am taller. <laughs> it takes like four years at least between these movies, though. So. I don't know, but I, I hope we get as many. I hope we get so many. I fucking love them. Mm-hmm. But let's dive right in. Ghost Protocol 2011. Brad Bird, baby. It starts off with a running and a shooting. In Budapest. Budapest. There's another agent there. Uh, it's actually Sawyer from Lost. He's off the island. Uh, and he jumps off the roof onto like an inflatable crash pad. It's a very cool, like spy gadget. Dude, how cool. Uh, that was so slick. He just throws the little bean bag off. Yeah. The, off, and he confidently jumps out. Turns off around. The ceiling, turns around, shoots the dudes that are attacking him and then lands in a little crash and pad. And he felt great. He knew, he, he knew like that was cool. Oh, he got up and he was like, fuck yeah. Man, oh my God, dude. Save some for everybody else. That I, was the vibe. I wish the ladies were watching. But they were. In fact, dun, dun, dun. dun. Leia Sidhu uh, playing uh, Sabine Mordeaux. Uh, Moreau. Moreau. She she was watching and he walks the corner. His cell, cell phone beeps. He looks down at it, panics, but then gets shot by a... You get a text message. Assassin! And at and first, that was corny. And it still kind of is because Mission Impossible does a lot of the audience is dumb. We got to move on. Like in five, they do that like oxygen on his arm thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I get it. Like, it totally works. Uh, but it actually kind of makes sense it, later on. It works better later on when they explain that he's got a thing in his eye that identifies people that's yes. in front of him. Because in this scene, we don't know he's got that. You just think someone literally texts him like, hey, watch out for this assassin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Here she is. <laughs> She's right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Sabine shoots him and he dies. Yeah. And we cut to Ethan in a Russian prison. Uh, and, uh, oh my God. Benji's opening doors. I love this prison sequence. It's such a good it's sequence. So good. Uh, and he's just, he's, it's a rock, not a ball that he's like ricocheting off the wall to have fun with. That's how good he is. Um, and there's like a guy that wanders out because Benji opened the door. He's like, uh, I'm free. Uh, <laughs> and then Dean Martin starts playing. Ethan, uh, hesitates at walking out the door. Right. And he's like, kind of picking up on what's going on. But we find out later he's really not privy to what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Uh, and Benji is flabbergasted because he wants him to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, they've they've kind of started a prison riot on one block yeah. so that Ethan, in theory, should just wander out of his cell and then just go down the out, other door, walk out. But Ethan's going the other way towards the riot. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? No, I'm not opening that door. And I love the the whole thing where they're looking at each other through the uh, security cameras. Yeah. Tom's like, no, here, no, I'm going through. And at one point he like 
is leaned up against the wall. I'll the, just wait. And the prison guards who are locked in the control tower watching him. He's yeah. Like, what are you going to do? He does that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Look, it's so good. It's so great. Uh, and finally, he goes into the fighty hallway, as I call it. Benji relents uh, and he fights his way through and he's going in there for Bogdan. And uh, Bogdan is his buddy. And there's a whole big sequence where he tries to get Bogdan through the hallway. He's got to fight a bunch of prisoners while Benji's opening and closing doors for him. Um, there was something in this fight that I really enjoyed that I didn't pick up on the first time I saw this movie. And at one point, it's it's the, I don't know what you call it, the in-between room before he gets into the cell block that Bogdan's in. There's an in-between room. Yeah, where there's, there's a, the door on each side. There's, yeah. a, there's a prisoner there. And he ends up, like, knocking the prisoner, like, loopy. He ends. He goes. He gets bogged and comes back. That dude is just recovering from Tom Cruise beating up before. He punches him into a door, and then the riot police throw that dude back out the door and keep beating the shit out Aww. of him. So this one dude is just getting wrecked the entire. I didn't time. notice that either. This time, it's funny. Uh, and they finally get to like this kind of closet that has no other exits. And Bogdan's like, "Tell me, this was not your plan, Sergey." Uh, Sergey. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he thinks his name is. I wish his, I wish he would have thought his name was Dimitri. And Bogdan's really sad. And then the floor the floor hole sucks open. <laughs> oh, yeah, even in my notes, I have Elsa has a floor sucking device. Oh, you were calling her Elsa still? Because <laughs> yeah, I you thought she got recast. I didn't or something? get a, well, I didn't get a good look at her, and so I was like, "Well, this is the Elsa one. That's that's who that has to be." Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's it's Jane. <laughs> but Jane has a weird like black hole summoning thing yeah. that Aww. emits blue light and sucks the floor down. It just like sh- yeah, I don't know. It shakes the atoms apart. Who fucking knows? Uh, but Jane is Agent Carter. Um, and I love that this time for the opening, Brad yes. Bird, props to him. Is you going to say the same thing? Yep. It's a real fuse? Yeah. Yeah? And it's so he goes, light the fuse. And then she lights it. And then it's, and for a minute there, it's a real fuse following. And then it gets into the more. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And, and it kind of shows you the whole movie. Yeah, they're showing clips. They, they continue to do that. I guess that's yeah. the throwback to the TV but show. I do like how it starts. It's that like such a good, it's a diegetic fuse. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love a diegetic fuse. That's a new band name. Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought it was really impressive. Um, and then we cut to my first note is Big Harry Russian. So I am. That's mine. Really? I wrote, What's with the Big Harry Russian? <laughs> why, why did we write that? I don't recall. Uh, oh, because they asked who uh, Bogdan is, right? In the, in the oh, van. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Benji says, What's with the Big Harry Russian? Okay. We both need to <laughs> not just write Big Harry Russian because it's like, Oh. Uh, and yeah. So he had been feeding him intel. And so he, he's like, Hey, they would have killed him with, if I left him in there. So he, he takes care of my guy. friends. He, he takes care of his friends. friends. You're going to fucking owe me later in the movie. And Bogdan's like, What? And he's like, Nothing. Fourth wall. Don't worry about it. Benji, and, what are you doing here? Benji passed his field exam. And uh, Carter, I love this tit. Uh, tit. Whoa. <laughs> Sir, I meant to say tidbit. I love this tidbit. There you go. (laughs) Because Carter is confirming that it's him, even though it looks like Ethan, because in their world, people have the technology to look and sound exactly like other people. Yeah. And they don't really use. In fact, it's a running joke that they don't use the mask thing in movies anymore. Uh, they just like Benji being so excited to always wear a mask. It's wear just a mask. like a throwback to the first two movies. Mm-hmm. I saw one of my friends, Sydney, uh, reviewed Mission Impossible one. And it's like, oh, the, the fucking mask thing works for me every time. And she's, you know, she's she's being fun. But I just commented like, oh, you're going to fucking love the second one. <laughs> you're going to love Mission Impossible 2. Because <laughs> they do not stop doing that trick. They beat that horse dead. Yeah, they beat just, that. They, they they don't just beat a dead horse with that joke. They beat glue. They, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> to the point where like Tom Cruise was like, we're never doing that in one of these movies ever again. No. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was neat though, that she's like, I have to confirm that it's you. And she, he's like, yeah, get off me. Um, and he, Bogdan's like, are you not, are you not Russian? Are, are, Sergei? are you not Sergei? <laughs> he's so confused. Uh, and I thought, I had forgotten why he was in there. Cause I'm like, is, I guess Ethan was on assignment in the prison, but he wasn't. He was in prison. He was in prison. Chilling. Yeah. Okay to be in there. But he knew when the chaos broke out. That's why I thought it was so fascinating. Because he didn't know like that the Dean Martin song was the, the time limit or anything like that. It wasn't planned. He just immediately knew, oh, fucking Benji, you know, what or if, somebody. What if there was so, just, you know, go with me on this little thought experiment. What if there was no breakout attempt for Ethan and that their security was just having a fit a fit and like random doors were going off and Tom Cruise walks up to that security camera. He's, and he's just like, talking to the guards. He's like pointing at the door. He's like pointing at the door, but there's like no one on the other side. Like no one came for him. He's just like, God damn it. Go out. I want, I want to go in here. I need to get bogged in. <laughs> and the guards like, what's it going to Get back doing? in your cell. <laughs> get back in there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. That would have been hilarious. I guess he was confident they would one day come for him. And uh, he does say, like, if if they're going to break, if they're breaking me out of prison, it must be pretty must bad. Be a out goddamn here. good reason. Yeah. Agent Hannaway was the guy that we that was killed in the beginning that played Sawyer. And uh, f- there's a flashback to that ill-fated mission. Uh, and he tells her something secretly that we never find out. By the way, I just realized that. He whispers I, something to Jane. I, I th- guess you're supposed to assume. I love you. Yeah, I think it's implied that he like said because he's like, I should have told you. And he whispers, and then she's she's acting like as if they were in a relationship, and she's getting revenge on behalf of him. Through Absolutely, the rest of the movie. They yeah. were very tight. Um, I do love it. His, was her op? His ring, uh, Hannaway's Hannaway's ring that he like twists it, and there's like a little little needle on the end of it, and he like grabs the dude's hand to knock him out. Something about that made me cringe so bad. Like, oh, I don't want to be stabbed by your ring. I don't stabby uh, rings. Away. I don't like it. Especially if they have like sedatives in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I would stab myself all the time. Yeah, they're stealing a file from 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 somebody off the train. There's a there's a third party that's also trying to steal it, and those are the people that chase Hannaway. And eventually, uh, Sabine shows up and, and takes the file from him. Sabine Moreau is the one that assassinated him and took the file. She left Hannaway alive just long enough for Jane to find him. And Ethan knows Sabine. He's like, oh, Sabine Moreau. She's bad. She works for diamonds. Mm-hmm. Always pay her in diamonds. I mean, people do. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sabine Moreau only only accepts Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the... Uh, I can't wait for a movie to have that little shtick for an assassin. It's like... Maybe Dead Reckoning. You got my doge? I think Dead Reckoning is about AI, so who knows what other things they'll take a shot at. Ooh. Uh, the Russian nuclear codes were what was on the file, and a guy codenamed Cobalt might be in on this, Ethan says. And no one knows why Ethan was in Russian prison. None of the other crewmates, right? After he and his wife, you know, and there, mm. there was talk of an unsanctioned hit. And mm. so all they know is rumors that his wife died and he killed a bunch of Russian people. And, and well, Benji thinks Britain. that she's not dead, but she left him. Right. Yeah. So like he, cause, cause he at one point is like, Hey, sorry, sorry to hear that. Uh, she left. I liked her. She was cool. Michelle Monaghan's really nice. Yeah. She's a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? And, uh, they found out cobalt. What they find out cobalt was Russian intelligence and they realized they have to infiltrate the Kremlin and Ethan's going to be general Fedorov. 
And then the Which, self. Thank God. I love that we went back to this like, hey, you're just going to impersonate someone who looks exactly like Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, like, Where's a normal disguise? Yeah, he just puts on a mustache and like a fake nose yeah. or something. And even, but Benji calls attention to it, which is why I love it. He's like, oh, I didn't get to wear the mask. I want to wear a mask. It's just like a normal mustache. Lame. Uh, and the self-destruct sequence on the mission that they accept is delayed. And that's like another like self-referential thing that I, I appreciate. Uh, like to, to Tom Cruise like looks back at it. Ethan's like, huh? Because yeah. it still hasn't blown up. It's Great almost joke. like this little commentary, like the old ways of the IMF are outdated and falling yeah. apart. Like I think three. And we're, and we're taking the franchise into a new direction. Yeah. Kinda. Three is the hard reboot, I think. But four is like another like. There's more dust to be shaken off. Yeah. And it's gotten kind of meta at this point because it's the fourth movie. And I, I realized watching Rogue Nation last night. These movies are what Fast and Furious thinks they are. <laughs> yeah. The inside jokes work. Mm -hmm. The stunts are. I mean, the stunts are just as ridiculous and superheroic. Uh, but there's still enough there's a earnestness in it. No, because even like the car chase in five is where I it's mm -hmm. where I got the idea when he's in the BMW and they're going down the stairs and stuff. And I was yeah. like, this is what Fast and Furious thinks they're doing. It's also they're a family. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole plot is that Ethan repeatedly risks destroying the entire world just to save one of his crewmates, right? Mm -hmm. Like with Benji. It would like the smart thing to do in five would just be, oh, I, we lost him. Yeah. It's not worth like risking him getting this. Uh, flash drive, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah. And but Ethan's like, nah, we need to get Benji. There's only one way. Uh, but anyway. and, and, and well, like Mission Impossible is mostly about heists. Like it's never, sure. it's hardly ever about straight up shootouts and action. It's it's mostly about the heist, the impossible angle, missions, the impossible heist. And I think to your point, Fast and Furious is at its best when they're doing a heist as well. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Yes, we are on the same podcast. I mean, team. Uh, <laughs> but then Benji's upset. He doesn't get to wear a mask. And uh, the guy asks for their documents. And I love that Benji is like the hanger on who's not as experienced at this yet. He's finally excited to be with Ethan. Yeah. Uh, and so Ethan's like they're waiting for the Benji's hacking to upload and the files to be in there. But meanwhile, Benji's like, yeah, you, you fucking dick. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like yes, ending everything Ethan says. He's, like, he's oh, you're little, toast. He's being a little too earnest and like into it. Yes. He's enjoying himself. I did see that. I can't remember if it was Brad Bird or um, like Bruce Geller or one of the writers. Um, they said that. And this is a, I think this is a weird thing to say. They said that they they see Benji and Ethan's relationship as father and son. That's a weird is, thing. To which say. is really funny because, like, Simon Pegg's like, what, seven years younger than Tom Cruise if, or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like Sean Connery and Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, or Sean Connery and Harrison Ford in The Last Crusade. They're only like seven years apart, but they're father and son. Yeah. I mean, not funny. even that. I just don't get the wise. He's more experienced at, at the field. Yeah. But Benji's, yeah, I guess he's, he's like, video these games damn and stuff. kids yeah. don't know. About not wearing masks. You got to earn the masks, boy. Yeah, You don't just wear the mask anytime you can just because you can. You got to earn it. Well, if you put one on, someone else is going to put one on and everybody's going to get confused. It's one thing I learned. Mm -hmm. um, and this uh, this movie kind of starts, I think it's a trend. That, it definitely happens in this movie. It happens in the next movie where there's some sort of device that's uploading the key information they need to get through security. And there's like this tension of like, oh, the device hasn't finished downloading yet. Oh, no. And five? 
in this movie and in five, but like this, in this scene specifically, like um, Jane has a balloon that sort of drops some sort of transceiver into a chimney. And then that's sending in the details of his, uh, the, the, the card that he has that, yeah. he's like, that the guard is checking. You should know what your boss looks but like. But the tension works. Like I'm always sweaty. Oh, I'm always sweaty and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It looks great. Especially trying to break into the Kremlin, but they've already broken into Langley. You know, that was in the first movie. How do you, how do you top that? Well, I'll tell you how. You just say it's harder. That's what they always do. It's just like harder than Langley. It's going to make Langley look it's like, like a, cakewalk. a cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> um, they said that in the last movie with the fulcrum bit, but like the it was at the, the place in, in, in Shanghai, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it looked way easier. Um, and then this is where he says, I'm sorry, by the way, about you and Julia. And he's like, shut the fuck up. We're in the Kremlin. Stop sp- they're, but they're speaking Russian, at least, which is cool. I talk when I'm nervous. I'm, yeah. talking, I'm, I'm doing it again. I love the whole bit with the clicking sound to lure away. That sounds like a drip in a faucet or something. And oh, the guy's yeah. like, huh? Uh, and then the whole like, I, the I wrote, screen. I wrote, Benji has a drippy noise gun. That would drive people nuts Boink. at the office. Boink. It's like a I, form I, of torture. I love the, So they have this like weird projection device. Yeah, I love that, it. That uh, takes up the entire hallway. And it's. It's got this camera that if there's someone in front of it, it can track their eyes. Their so, perspective. If they, so if they move around, the projection changes perspective. So it looks like they're always looking down an empty hallway. But really, it's they're hiding behind this projector and like sneaking up. Behind. It's like a cartoon thing, but it, it's so good. It's I, I love the technology here because I feel like this technology they're using. Honestly, as far fetched as it sounds, I think we're maybe like five years away from being able to do that. Yeah. Because the eye tracking stuff is like finally kind of at this point, it, it's as good as it needs to be. Yep. And it, so it's believable. Like TVs also will being always crappy. look straight on no matter where in the room you are type shit. Yeah. I've, 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 I love the tech of this. It's and such the, a good idea. The part where Benji looks into the camera accidentally and it's just like his big dumb face. <laughs> just <like> consumes the <laughs> hallway. Yeah. And Tom like or Ethan like yanks him down like, God damn it. But then it's they, great. But then they use AR technology to like render out a hallway so they don't have to hide yeah. behind the camera eventually they're trying to get into the vault of the kremlin to see the files um because they need to get into the files and take them before cobalt breaks in and destroys them but they're too late the files are already gone when ethan gets in there and there's someone on their frequency he's talking about uh it's all right i got it time to detonate right he's pretending to be them and he knows other people are listening as well it's part of his whole plan so ethan screams abort um, abort so they take off the screen starts glitching out when there's more than one person looking at it because it doesn't it know do- whose angle to use yeah it doesn't know who to track it's so great such a good thing and so they're like what the fuck um ethan actually ends up running right past uh cobalt again hendrix just like in the third one when he walks out past the guy who's stealing his wife you're supposed to be here yeah guy. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan orders them to close the gate because he's still pretending to be the general. Uh, How slick. So that yeah, reversible jacket. The reversible jacket that like reverses into like a, a leather jacket, but he's wearing a Bruce Springsteen America shirt. God, such a good. And he just he just goes around uh, like a pillar. And so he just makes this really suave motion of like reversing his jacket around a pillar so that from the guard's point of view, the. The general just went that way, but now there's Bruce Springsteen guys walking. Yeah. The other, like, oh, it's it's so smooth, so good. He's he's the guy. He's that he's he is him, Steve. He is him. Uh, and then he sees the guy who he thinks is guilty and has the files, and he's correct. But then there's a massive explosion. A huge piece of the Kremlin blows up. Kind of bad sound mixing, and this is a personal thing. 
I don't know how to do this or what causes this, but it's my biggest pet peeve in the world as somebody with kids and who watches movies at one in the morning. It's uh, very, very loud. If I have to crank it to hear your dialogue and then you get me an angry text because the explosion rocks the house, fuck you. Whoever's editing this, <laughs> stop doing that. That's it. That's all I have to say. Because that happened to me at yeah. this moment. My wife no, was like, what are you doing? And I was like, sorry. That's something that the industry as a whole, I think, needs to get better about. About Because it's not just this movie. It's like all movies nowadays. Yeah. Is that. Uh, and then we cut to Ethan. He's in the hospital. He got concussed by that explosion. But he's been caught by like a, he's not a cop. I think he's like Russian intelligence, Russian FBI. Does this guy have a name? KGB. I don't know. No, okay, he's just I, okay. angry I, Russian cop I feel guy. bad about calling him the Russian dude the I kept, whole time. Russian guy was my notes the entire movie. Um, but he's there like smoking, his, trying to smoke a cigarette in the hospital. The nurse gives him the business about it. But he found his reversible jacket. He's like, ah, I know. I think you I know it was you. You're, you're, hey, team leader. Hey, this general shit, a little sus because mm-hmm. you're not a general. I bet you don't even like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh shit, Ethan got a paperclip. You're done. You're done. You're that's, done. That's all he needs. You let him get a paperclip. How excited were you when there's more lip reading? When there was more <laughs> lip reading. When the, actually, when the lip reading returned, I was kind of like happy because if it would, it, it retroactively makes the lip reading use in three better. Because it's like, oh, oh they didn't know, just let it die. This is a skill that he has. We're yes. not gonna, just going to ignore canon it. canon that he can do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm down. It's a good skill to have for a spy. If he can legit do that. It is. Especially all the languages he speaks and lip reading. Oh, man, that'd be so hard. My next note is, oh, Ethan's gone. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's that fast. I love the comedy of, oh, Ethan's gone. Because they did the whole thing where like someone just walks in front of the camera and then he's just, he's just not yeah. there anymore. But then the the Russian guy like runs into the room and looks out the window and you see Ethan kind of like shimmying yeah. on the roof. And I just love the Russian guy's reaction where he's like leaning down. He's like, go ahead, jump. Yeah, he just lights a cigarette. Like, I'm no, not, oh, you're gonna jump in the, you're going to jump in the dumpster. You, if you do this, you will not make it. I'm just letting you know. I will let you know I will enjoy it. My cousin Boris, listen to me. He jumped into dumpster. <laughs> listen now. When we were teenagers, he jumped in dumpster. He make it. Garbage truck, pick him up and crush him. Just saying. Just saying. It is not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. My great aunt. <laughs> He's got so many people jumped in dumpster stories. <laughs> Never ended well. We will do this all the time. <laughs> it's how we make fun. <laughs> it's my favorite game. Other than guess the potato. But yeah, he says something like, did you think this is a good idea? And he's like, I thought it was a minute ago. And like and Ethan's being dead ass, like about to just be like, okay, I guess I'll just go to jail. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but luckily for him, some random truck is passing by and he figures he can zip line down on his belt. And Quickly comes up with a new plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My notes were Russian guy says, jump then. This will be cool. Um, <laughs> Do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> and then he belt rides to the van. Uh, the only part that's, it's fine. I love this movie. But he so quickly finds like a really cool jacket and then shoes that fit him and a phone. The the (laughs) shoes, by the way, the shoes were just sitting on top of a table that was selling DVDs. Like, why were the shoes up there? I guess it was like a kind of a garage sale deal. Like, because that's where DVDs make me think of just random shit being sold. But you don't put the shoes with the DVDs. You do if you've only got one table. We don't know the real estate at this garage sale. That's true. I can't. I can't. (laughs) cast judgment on these on these uh 
these people. But then he picks up a phone, dials out an evac request immediately, and uh, that's it. And now we get the Ghost Protocol hoodie outfit. Crime hoodie. It's time for a yes, crime hoodie. Yes, crime hoodie, because it's Ghost Protocol time. It's He's wanted. Dun, 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 He's been dun, disavowed dun. again. Fun fact about uh, the scene. So when Ethan calls in, he uses the call sign Alpha 113. Sure. Or A113, uh-huh. which is a... A series of numbers that is used in a lot of uh, Pixar movies. It's an Easter. Brad you know how Bird like Easter egg. You know how George Lucas throws one one three eight in all of his movies because of THX one one three eight. No, I didn't know that. Oh, he does. Uh, Brad Bird throws a one one three in all of his movies in some way, shape, or form like as an it, Easter egg. It's J.J. Abrams' Kelvin. Yes. Yeah. So like uh, the the it, the relate it's a relationship to Pixar in that the. The, I think, I guess, let me read the films created by alumni of California Institute of the Arts based on one of the room numbers for the character animation BFA program. Oh. So that was like a room number that a lot of people graduated Pin- from Pixar graduated from the college. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Alpha one, one, three, alpha, alpha one, one, three. But then we cut to a guy he's washing, uh, he's watching Russian news. Uh, and he wants to leave town all of a sudden. He knows something is amiss with his family, his wife, Anna and Alex. Yeah, classic uh, rush is like, it was it was gas line explosion. And America. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even Where more. Where do you think we learned it from? Yeah, <laughs> we learned it from you, Dad. Cold War action. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Ooh, he turned, he, more he, action. He's Get like the kids. He's like, we're leaving now. But then Anna ain't there. It's the dude. It's Hendrix. We find out later. But this is the Cobalt. thing. This movie does so much to try to make Hendrix fucking badass. Like this whole thing where he's like, oh, I'm here. But like, he's just a fucking professor from a college who just wants to blow up the world. But somehow he's better than IMF. He can do this sneaky shit. Every like, five I, million years, the world ends. But they, all life dies, but not yeah. all life. Some life. Some, some life is good. It's harder. And I think that's that's better. Yeah. He's just trying to kickstart the next era of evolution. I don't think they explain this, dude, nearly as well as they should. They just show like one crazy town speech uh, that he gave. And, I, you know, I got everything I needed to know from it. But they gave that he gave that speech before he gave up on dyeing his hair. Coming off the backs of <laughs> of Davian, it's it's just a nothing burger. But yeah. he's miles better than uh, creepy scarf grabber from two. You know. Oh, what was his name? Uh, Dogray Scott. Yeah, Dogray Scott. I, I I put Dogray above this dude. Would you? Yeah, because at least I remember him. Because it's bad. <laughs> it's like it's if you, funny if you have a burger that's fine and then a slice of pizza that gives you food poisoning. Hey. You wouldn't say at least I remembered the pizza. Like yeah, because you shit your brains out all night. Okay, well, so here's the thing. I come from a very I, I, I'm a I'm a wrestling watcher. We all know this. Sure, you the, are. You like a good heel turn. And the and the rule in wrestling is it's better to have any reaction than no reaction. Mm-hmm. And this guy has all no reaction. Well, Dugway Scott could make a good wrestler. I think. <laughs> I'm gagging for it. <laughs> I want you in a cage, Hulk Hogan. I'm gagging for I'm it. I'm gagging for a match with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the whole plot of two is that this guy is just so horny, he doesn't care that his plan is going to shit. Well, I think this guy is also very horny, but for nuclear war. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. 
He's horny for the you end. You know, times. His, his little manservant, uh, Wistrom, is like, Sir, can we please get down with what's it? What's up with Wistrom, who's like, I want to help you kill me? There's a, okay, uh, we'll get to it, but there's a point in this movie that drives me fucking crazy, specifically with Wistrom, and we'll get to it. I will pop off. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. But Anna ain't there. It's the dude. And we cut back to Eminem Ethan. He's still wandering with no socks in those shoes. That is gross. Ew. He's going to get a fungus. Yeah. He gets in the car. With William Brandt and the Mr. Secretary. It's the first time we've got to see. I mean, we can assume maybe that Lawrence Fishburne was the secretary, but I don't think so. I think we're always supposed to assume that they were underlings. Um, like, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, Lawrence Fishburne, they were all never quite the secretary is what I think is what we're supposed to assume. But it's fucking Falcone. Uh, <laughs> it's Falcone. And Ethan goes to, he gestures toward Brandt and Brandt's like not fangirling, but he's like very happy to meet Ethan. He thinks he wants a handshake, but Ethan just wants his pen. Um, and then the dumbest part of this movie <laughs> is where he draws on his hand really Who is quick this? and, and oh, you're an analyst. Check this out. <clears throat> if it was a dick and balls, I would have thought it was a better scene. <clears throat> Are you about to draw cobalt? I really wanted to draw cobalt. Yeah. Like he literally kind of like jumps into the room and he's like, oh, you're need, an analyst. I need a pen. Are you an analyst here? Who is this? <laughs> Were you already going to do that? Oh, no. okay. You prompted me, so I had to follow through. I appreciate it, funny. it. I appreciate I it. I drew a dick of balls in my hand for you audio listeners. Yeah, he did. And it's great. And it's in Sharpie, so I can't wait to. You're done. Uh, I, I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Just shake a lot shake of hands. Some hands. <laughs> <laughs> but my note was draws on hand. Ha ha. Because that was dumb. Uh, but but uh, he, I did it so fast. He did like a perfect like police sketch of yeah. Cobalt he's on his fucking hand. Ethan Hunt, my guy. Oh. Well, we find out in five that he has an eidetic memory. Um, that's mm. we'll get to that then. But he, <laughs> the blame is going to point to IMF because they just the 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 Cobalt not the Cobalt the Kremlin has been blown up. So the secretary's like, mm. Look, we're done. We're done. We're fucking toast. Yeah, relationship between the U.S. and the so or the Russians is at an all time low. It's not good. It's some Cold War action. Cold War action. It's going to be a hot war action. I do love what uh, uh, what the secretary does. He's like, we're going to take you to the United States where we will arrest you and you will rot in prison unless you escape and happen to go to a really cool place and meet some friends. You get some get some gear. I'm not saying you should do that, but I mean, if and it were to happen, you could do definitely do it. And Brant's like the nerd that's like, can't do that. <laughs> Sir, that's, I'll tell. That's against the rules. I'll fucking tell. Uh, teacher? Because <laughs> the, the president has initiated ghost protocol. The entire IMF ghost has been disavowed. Protocol. They're tired of just disavowing Ethan. They're like, hey, we're going to raise the stakes. All of the IMF is disavowed. <laughs> disavowing this entire branch of government. And right as we've finally met the secretary, we've never seen this man before in our lives in four movies, but we do get the tiniest tidbit that... <laughs> That they're very close friends. Ethan, I've always loved you. I've always considered, considered you a friend. friend. And right at that moment, <laughs> he gets shot in the fucking forehead. Damn it. Dang. And then the car falls in the water. There's gun. I love the gunshots in the water effect. We see that a lot, but they're like very immediate in this movie and scary. Like, mm -hmm. zoop, zoop, zoop. it's like, oh, God, they're going to get mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. They're like tiny little stinger submarines. Do you remember the trailer for this movie? No. So the trailer of this did movie. Did you work at the theater during that? I, I you did. did. I did. The trailer for this movie. Um, I love your of, like 2006 to 2014 movie talks that are always like the trailer yeah, because you have to watch it so it many played times on a loop <laughs> in the fucking lobby constantly. No, but I, do you remember this trailer? Like the it, the, the trailer kind of opened and revolved around this scene, 
but it was set to an Eminem song. So like all the Russian dudes like shooting into the water had like Eminem blasted. It was actually pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I can't remember what song, but that's perfect. I didn't know that because yeah. he does the hoodie thing that makes him look like Eminem. Yeah. They knew it. They're like, and then he's eating mom spaghetti later on in the movie. They knew it was Eminem. Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they get in the water. There's gunshots everywhere. And Ethan decides that they can't swim away without getting shot. So he takes uh, the secretary's dead body, lights a flare under it and pushes it. Across Down the river. Water. <laughs> and this is why this movie, this franchise as a whole, is next level. Uh, because at that moment, I was thinking, that's kind of dumb, but I'm, I'm fine. Like, it's fine, right? Like, why would that work was what my thought was. Yeah. And so they all shoot at the, the, the flare decoy the, body. The flare, done, flare body, yeah. And it was the Russian police. It was the government guy that had killed them and shot at them and stuff. So they're not fucking around. Um, yeah, did, the, he, did he seem upset? Like, why are you, why are you guys shooting... Because he show, he does show up and he's like, cease fire, cease fire. Do you think it was like he lost control of the situation or somewhat? Yeah. And okay. like we're, we need to ask them what they were doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys I, was are gonna, just, I was going to talk to them. I needed to get them. that guy and you killed the secretary of the IMF. It's like it's like you you made them jump into dumpster, basically. Well, that starts in death. Listen, Vasily, it's like no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the speakable mean. Uh, they get word of escaped prisoners while they're up there as well. Right. He's like, oh, who's the other guy then? Because one of them's Ethan. Find that guy. Find Bogdan. Uh, but then why I like that, this movie so much, this franchise so much, in a nutshell, is this. In the next scene, William Brandt, played by Jeremy Renner, says, why did the flare work? Like, <laughs> they call attention work? to it, you know? And, like, I really appreciate that. And Ethan's like, what? What are you talking about? What do you think they're, th what's going through their, what do you think they're thinking? And Ethan's like, I assume they weren't thinking. They're not fucking Rhodes Scholars. Yeah. They're they, red shirts. They were looking for a moving target, and I gave them one. They just wanted to shoot it. He's like, I love that, like, he's, he's not used to being in the field so much. And so he's just like, why would you? I just want to walk me through your your thought process. I'm on, trying to analyze this yeah. as an analyst. <laughs> Light up a flare. Why the fuck would that work? It's great though. It makes it make it makes perfect sense. But I love I love this scene because they're they're trying to get to a, a special train car. Yeah, the green car number forty seven. Yeah, and so they're they're looking around, and then the train starts moving, and then at one point, Brand's like, "Oh shit, it's behind us!" And they like start running, and then there's this really great fun sequence where they're trying to. Enter in a code use while the, the train's scanner. moving. Use the retinal scanner while it's moving. And they're like kind of like trading off like uh, a pole. And they're like, yeah, dodging I, all the poles yeah. and shit. It's so good. It, like in a, in a franchise where it's like spies are shooting at each other and there's like nuclear war at stake and like their bike, bike chases and car crashes. I just love that there's some sort of stakes to two dudes running along a train. Like, how do we get the door open? <laughs> oh, pole. The only danger they're in is the train might slowly outpace them over time. <laughs> it's kind of a plot point in five too. like the dumb pole thing is like a huge thing that almost kills Ethan. Oh is, yeah. Is that kind of thing in five. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, that's funny. Um, and then Benji and Carter are already in the train. And it's a dope ass train. There's like cool toys and stuff everywhere. Uh, Benji really leans into getting to scoff at someone who's lower on the totem pole than him. Finally, which oh. is Brant at this point. Oh, he's eating it up. He's like, you're a dud. Uh, you're not cool like us. And Cobalt's plan is we talked about it earlier. It's basically the next step in evolution is what he thinks he's doing. Right. So Kurt Hendricks is Cobalt. That's the important thing to know. They need to go to the Burj Hotel in Dubai, which is where Sabine is staying. And uh, is where we get his ghost protocol speech where he's like, decide now if you're in or you're out. 
I really need you to be in. Also, the train's moving and you can't get out. All right, everybody's in. Everybody's Let's in. go. Oh, great. Because <laughs> Brant almost speaks. Brant kind of raises yeah. his hand. He's like, ah, never mind. I don't want to be that guy. This is a long Re- train ride. Quick aside, uh, I just you just reminded me that Jane is Agent Carter. Yeah. And I'm kind of upset that, because Haley Atwell's in Dead Reckoning, and I'm kind of bummed that she's not Agent Carter, because how funny would that have been? Oh, that would have been funny. Because she plays Agent Carter in the Marvel MCU. Yeah. Yeah. How funny would that have been? They missed it by this much. This much. By that much. So fucking close. Uh, and then, yeah, Carter wants to kill Moreau. It's very clear because of Hannaway. They She's going to get hers. They were involved. But Ethan's like, stop it. You better stop. Yeah, because they need because <laughs> they don't know anything about Cobalt. And so they need to like any sort of person like her yes. or She's an w- asset. Wistrom, like they're assets. We need to keep them alive so they can take us to Cobalt. Ethan calls in a favor to get to Dubai. I do, we never find out who he's calling. We just supposed to understand that he has friends because that's how he gets all this stuff throughout the movie. Like he calls somebody twice. This is once. And then after the botched uh, mission in Isn't Dubai. Is he calling Bogdan? I don't think so. Maybe it's Bogdan, but who does he call the second time? Bogdan again? Bogdan again? Yeah. I guess. Because he calls Bogdan like, hey, uh, I'm going to be there. And then the second time like, hey, make sure he will be there. And I assume it, he's talking about Bogdan. You're right. Cousin. It's probably, it is Bogdan. Oh, it's your arms dealer, buddy. Uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan uh, <laughs> almost hits camels while they're talking and driving. I just thought that was a funny thing to point out. You know who wouldn't hit camels, Chris? Our patrons would never. Our patrons, our super patrons for the month of June. We're still on June still. February. Still on June. <laughs> if, if you guys don't know a little inside baseball, these uh, patron shout outs don't get updated until a week into the month because Patreon numbers or records are not reliable the first week of a month. They just constantly change. So we have one more month to shout out the June patrons and then we'll move on to July. And you want to know who those patrons are for this month? No. We got you. Well, <laughs> I threw you away. <laughs> <laughs> On with the show then. <laughs> no, we got Chester Copperpot, Stan Valentino, Svento 7, Pills, baby, Jay Scramo, A.K. Ashley Ray, Alan Tomlinson, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, David Malfara, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Alexis Adler, Thomas Alexander, Emmy Joe Velez, Valerie Aaron Layton, John Collins, Amanda King, Sun Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. And Enza. Enza. Enza's uh, patron pick movie is coming out uh, tomorrow. It's the fifth element. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. The path forward is not always clear. Like you never know. Sometimes I used to sell cars for a living and I hated that job, but I made good money. I was able to buy a house. I was gone from my family all the time. I would podcast whenever I could. I didn't get to see many movies. I worked every Thursday night. It was terrible, but I was like, I got to do this. I got stuck in the middle-class grind where I was like, hey, this is what's right for my family. Me to be miserable. We feel like we're stuck. We don't know what to do. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, sometimes in a relationship or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And like I said, I had to have a lot of practice and it was talking through that stuff with someone else that helped me. And that's why you could find a therapist using BetterHelp that meshes with your values 
in the way that you see life and that perspective, and they can talk you through in a way that you find valuable and that you understand. So you can do it entirely online, get matched with a therapist like this that you enjoy, that you find value in. And if you find that it's not working, you can switch at any time. It's extremely easy to switch it. So just think about that. Think about how close you are to finding a therapist to better your entire life. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash streaming things. Uh, then they, they have to get this to the server room from the outside. Once they get in this, it's the tallest building in the world, right? The Burj Khalifa. Yes. The Wiz Khalifa. And they have to get in there from the outside. <laughs> the Wiz Khalifa. Uh, you have to, <laughs> get to get to the server room from outside. And that's when the gloves come in. And you got to see Benji grab the gloves on the train. Cause he was like, grab whatever you need. And Benji was like, I need these sucky gloves. For sucky sure. gloves. <laughs> Poorly designed sucky gloves, for sure. This is one of the all-time... Why do they have those? <laughs> you might need to climb. Okay. All right. This is one of the all-time great stunts in this franchise, I think. Uh, because this is, like, nerve-shattering for anybody with a fear of heights, of which I have. And I think everybody has to some, like, evolutionary degree. But also, it's kind of a throwback to the worst Mission Impossible movie, a little bit. You get to oh, see, the mountain climbing You scene? get to see climbing Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Um... Like, what if we took him out of the mountains and onto a building? The tallest building in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's climbing out there and it's fucking terrifying. And to the point where everybody else is like joking about it because Ethan's like, uh, even Ethan doesn't want to do it. And everyone else on the team is like, well, I got to be in here to do. I'm making the masks and yeah, I've, I've got to help. I'm just analyzing stuff and, you know, whatever. So it's really funny. And, and he's Ethan, like, fuck. Yeah. Ethan's like, I and I love how it's not actually part of their plan doing that. Yeah. It just was not in the plan, and all of a sudden, like, oh, we can't get into the server room, and they're going through all the different ways they normally would get into it, and they but they just don't have the time to do all. Their those plan things. is to fabricate the meeting between Sabine and Hendricks or Wistrom uh, by separating the two, and one of them is going to pretend to be Wistrom, and one of them is going to pretend to be Sabine. Carter's going to pretend to be Sabine, and they're going to elaborately swap the diamonds and the goods and make sure nobody actually gets the real nuclear codes. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. That's their plan. But they can't hack into the servers to control the elevators or any of that without climbing up manually to the server room. Yeah. So Ethan on the fly is like, fuck. And he uses the gloves to climb up the glass. There's a giant sandstorm coming. Blue is glue. Blue is glue. Oh, man, I and, missed it. And what's red? Dead. Red is dead. Hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. That's you know right, baby. <laughs> I wanted to play Sandstorm so bad when I said, when I, when the Sandstorm yeah. was coming. I, da -da 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 -da. I ran out of time this morning. I was going to load in the da -da 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 into my soundboard, but I ran out of time. I love Sandstorm. That's a fucking banger. If you're ever at like a, a party or something and Sandstorm plays. Orgy uh, immediately. I lose myself. Oh, yeah. okay. And, well, well, that, well, yeah, you wake up, you're like, why am I sticky? <laughs> the sandstorm was crazy. Uh, one of the gloves dies while he's climbing. It's terrible. Oh, how cool is so the initial <sighs> shot when they so they take the the pane of glass out, and that first I, I guess it's a crane or jib shot where Ethan's like there and it follows Ethan out, but it goes above Ethan and looks down, and you can see how high he is. Yes, like, make oh, my, such I a puckered up. Yeah. Especially when, even when he's just relaxing, like when he gets in, not relaxing, but he, he makes it look easy where he's sitting in the tiny windowsill, just propped up against the other side and he drops 
the glove. Like he's not using anything to stick. He's just sitting there so he can cut the wind. Oh, it makes mm-hmm. me sweat just thinking about it. And, but then he falls because he drops his little laser tool. Was his his right glove is like malfunctioning? Well, it already died, and then like he actually sees it sticking to the window. Yeah, that's why he like gets rid of it because he can't rely on it. But then it like the wind blows it back and yeah, it sticks and in it, the window. And it started working again. Um, I, this scene is so fun because it's just Ethan just it's one of the rare times where Ethan doesn't he seems to be actively hating what he's doing. Yes. Which he, usually he might because be because it wasn't part of the plan for yeah, once. He, usually he might be in peril, but you, you don't he, you kind of get the idea like, oh, man, I love hanging on the, off the side of planes. This is fun. But no, this one, he's actively like, why me? I hate this. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. And he, he like falls like five stories at one point when the when the yeah, laser backfires on him. with one glove. I had to be painful. How do those gloves work? He said they stick and you roll to release. But the you mean th- like what is the technology? So I stickiness. Can, I can get there's a weird sticky technology, right? Uh-huh. Like that makes the hand sticky. What what I don't understand is they're just gloves. Why isn't his hand like slipping out of them? They're tight gloves. But then he wouldn't. He would like lose circulation to his fingies. No. Don't be ridiculous. Oh my! I, 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 those Do your shoes just fly tight, off? Tight gloves cannot hold the weight of a grown ass man. Do, do, do shoes just fly off? Yeah, but they're like on the ground. You're on them. They have sticky shoes. You're not hanging from them. That people can like walk up yeah, buildings but those with. Are like, those exist. But those are like legit strapped around you. There's like an apparatus to like wrap around you. These are just gloves you put on. I'm not buying it, Steve. <laughs> I'm not buying that you would fall out of the gloves. How? If they fit. If the gloves fit, then Steve must acquit the movie of these crimes of not making sense. This does not make sense. <laughs> this does not make sense. Um, so then he gets st- stuck in the s- server room and he realized to his chagrin. It's a funny scene where he's like, can, can I not just take the can I not use the door? The door. No, I can't open the door. Ethan, you got to come back down here. Just come on down. And Brant. And this is a character thing for him. Like it tracks into the fifth movie. He is the most anxiety ridden narrator of we the missions. 23 minutes now. Yes. Stop the countdown. 22 minutes now. Yes. He does that <laughs> in the fifth movie too. He's just kind of shitty at that job. He's like, nope, can't take the door. Just get back down here. Ethan. What are you doing? You're fucking around up there. Quit having fun. So he grabs a rope and he tries to swing down to the other window. And then, of course, Brant there is there to, to educate him. Your line's not long enough. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I've never believed Tom Cruise Cruise's acting more in my life than his delivery of no shit. Yeah, because he's terrified. <laughs> he, he's terrified. He looks legit pissed. Yes. <laughs> And oh my God, the, the when he like runs, he runs away. He does the big jump. And he does a big fulcrum jump, call back to three. And he does the stunt where he like releases himself from the rope, falls into the building, but like kind of overshoots He does it, it too well and hits the, the hits, one that's, yeah, the opening. The, hits the top of the window, yeah. which he starts to fall out and Brant and uh, is it Carter as well? Yes. Kind of jump out and catch him. That stunt where he hits the window and falls is, br- my, that's when my butt puckers up. It's like, terrible. Like, Holy shit. The, the impact they feels real. Awesome. Yeah, it looks like he really hurt himself. Uh, and then Benji walks in as they pull each other up out of the window and just goes, that was not easy, but I did it. <laughs> yeah, because he's swapping all the furniture and shit for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the two rooms. And he's like, uh, damn, that was really hard, but I got it done, guys. What are you guys doing? You have fun up here? <laughs> Why is the window open? Why is everyone on the ground? Uh, Am I the only one working? 
And then the sandstorm is still coming. And that's when I have my note. Play song. It was going to be fire. Um, the, <laughs> the paper is the tracking device for Wistrom, by the way. Wistrom. It's got isotopes on it. Wistrom brought a friend, which is the guy we saw watching the news who lost his family, Anna and Alex, earlier to authenticate the launch Le- codes. Leonid. So they can't give him fake launch codes anymore. Uh-oh. Got to think on the fly. And this is where Brant wants to stop Ethan. And this is another thing his character does, at least again in, in five. Uh, he's kind of a stick in the mud. Like, no, we can't give him. He's a stick in the mud about not giving the terrorist real <laughs> nuclear launch codes. I mean, live a little, Chris. Come on. <laughs> and Ethan's like, we got no choice. The mission above all, right? A failure to a, a failure to a terrorist is rehearsal for success. Exactly. That's literally everyone else, my guy. It's not just terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. You know how they get to Carnegie Hall, don't you? We're not going to let terrorists claim that. Practice. Practice. But the mask machine breaks, and poor Benji does not get to wear a mask yet again. Of course, he wasn't going to anyway. They go anyway and just hope that the people have never met, which is like an extra layer of tension, and I love it. That's another reason why this this scene is one of my favorites in the entire franchise because it's stuff is constantly breaking. Like from the jump, their plan is getting wrenches thrown into it constantly yes. just ramps up the tension. And that's why time. it's so painful to rate three higher than this movie because of sequences like this that are truly immaculate. Yeah, the, They're yeah. very well done. I mean, yeah. it, it is by a nose of Philip Seymour Hoffman's nose width yeah. above. And But yeah, because Philip Seymour Hoffman adds so much to three that I think if anyone else played that character, it would Ghost Protocol would win. Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. I think one might beat three if Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't. Philip. 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 In Russia, we love him. He's always <laughs> jumping in dumpsters. We, we <laughs> love him. We love him so He's so, he's so bright. Uh, but yes, they, they that's their plan. Hopefully they've not met each other. Uh, but that they've never met. Yay. Everything works out. They, uh, they each go, both meetings commence. Uh, Carter's getting angry listening. Cause she can hear that fucking Hannaway killing ass bitch. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Benji swaps the diamonds. He's got like a fake arm. I love the fake arm. It's such a good trick. I didn't even realize why you had the prosthetic arm when they first show it. And he's like gathering it up. He's dressing up as the bellhop. You're like, what the fuck is that for? Yeah. So he can be a little diamond stealer. Uh, while Brant is reading and copying the codes with his eye camera, uh, Sabine notices that his eye is twitching, but she doesn't know quite what's going on. They give the diamonds to Sabine. Wistrom kills Leonid. Made me very sad because I'm like, he's got kids. Uh, Carter won't. Ign- <laughs> he's got kids. <laughs> Carter won't. You ever do that in movies like we barely know a character, but somehow it still makes you really sad? Yeah. Like this this performance from that actor did this to me in this movie. I was like, oh. Yeah. He just, Alex and Anna. Just, Alex is going to grow up without a father. Yeah. He just wanted to get out of there. He wanted no, nothing to do with this. Well, he was willingly giving a terrorist nuclear launch codes, helping him to save his two family members. Sure. So there's but that. Like, but I would. Yeah. But who would, <laughs> right? I mean. <laughs> I love my kids. Um, Live a little, Chris. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a stick in the mud. What are they going to do? They still need a Russian satellite to make them work. Carter won't acknowledge uh, Sabine is supposed to be taken alive during this. So after everything, all hell breaks loose. Wistrom kills Leonid, right? They're tra- he's like reminding Carter, like, we need her. She's an asset. And she's not saying anything as she runs off. It's mm-hmm. like, I got her. And that's I all she it. She's like, oh, fuck. Uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> What's this? There's a fight that breaks out in the one meeting room with Ethan Hunt and Brant in it. Mm-hmm. And you, Brant like 
kicks ass and like disarms yeah. the guy quickly. But my note like, is, Whoa, what's this about? My note is Brant can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Brant fucks. Uh, Carter comes in with Sabine. She's got her kidnapped. She got her dead to rats. She didn't kill her. She did not kill her. She followed what well, yet. Yeah, she makes Benji hold the gun on on Monroe or Moreau, Moreau. because uh, she's like, if I hold the gun to her, I will kill her. So Benji, you watch her. Do you think she's related to the guy with the island, Doctor Moreau? <laughs> Maybe one of the most ill-fated movies of all time. Um, we should do that movie sometime. We should not. <laughs> I would rather watch Batman Forever. Watch Val Kilmer doing a Marlon Brando another... impression for three fourths of a movie. Can we do a Batman and Robin, or is it Batman Forever with Val Kilmer? I think it's uh, Batman that's Forever. Forever, yeah. George Clooney is in Robin. I would rather watch Batman and Robin than Alan and Doctor Moreau. Mm. Mm. Your loss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the fucking Russian people stop Ethan while he's chasing Wistrom, um, and then Benji gets taken out by Sabine, and then Jane in, in a tussle <laughs> ends up donkey kicking Sabine <laughs> out of the window. <laughs> So I still hold the position that Jane didn't intend to kill her. I think it was an accident. That I she, think it was um, reflexive. I do. Yeah, like she's she's fighting this person and she yeah. reflectively kicked her, but she had in the moment forgot that they had taken that panel of sure. glass out of the window and she just happened to fall through the one. They I don't think out. she's sad. No, she's definitely not sad. She's not going to cry a tear, but I would never like, you fucking killed her. I told you not to do it. I don't think she like, Brant's the only one laying into her because that's his role is to be the stick in the mud. Yeah. But I I I think he's wrong. I think like she she did not intend to kill her. I'm with you. I got Jane's back here. But also but but that is also like a a big uh, even though there's like no gore or anything in Sabine's death. It's like it like hits hard because it's like I was about to say that. "Ah." That's one of my biggest fears. It's terrible. And we just saw Ethan hanging out of that place the whole movie and they don't even show her falling. She just falls out the window but you don't see her falling in the sky or anything she's just gone it's terrible and, and i think and the i fact love that they don't show that, so much that it hurts me yeah. i know she's an assassin you know who i didn't care for sawyer hannaway <laughs> oh you weren't you weren't sad about hannaway no not mm. even a little bit mm. i've only on, i'm only on episode four of lost i am bummed i'm in her I f- camp i feel like uh moreau could have been a really good returning yeah. villain what if, if she's still alive bond style oh she shows up she and, catches the fucking glove on the way on down on the way down Dude, oh. should I call Tom? You call Tom. <laughs> Christopher McHugh. Tom, baby. I got an idea. <laughs> Tommy, baby. I know what you've been thinking. How do we get Sabine back? I think so. Because, uh, like, um, Lane is the only villain to ever come back, right? Right. Um, Annie Hosel. She falls. It's very sad, I think. <laughs> Ethan is running. After Wistrom, in front of the sandstorm, it's hilarious, that shot. He's, well, he gets kind of absconded by the Russian They dudes. pulled a scene out of his remake of The Mummy. Did you know that? Did they really? No. Oh. It's just him running in front of a sandstorm. Oh, okay. It's funny. Come on. Well, I don't have a high opinion of The Mummy, so it wouldn't surprise me that they would steal a shot from this movie to put into I don't think I ever saw the Tom Cruise remake. I know that people said it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the Russians guy, the Russian guy's kind of absconded Ethan because he's kind of tailing Wistrom. Yes. And they're like, oh, welcome to the party. And yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm not your enemy. But he like 
Head the fuck out of his nose. On an escalator. That's embarrassing. On an escalator. And then Wistrom has a little trouble opening, or no, uh, Ethan tries to follow him through the revolving doors, but there's like a woman with like a stroller slowly going through the revolving doors. I'm like, yes. And if you listen to the Strange New Worlds coverage, revolving doors are hard, okay? Yes. I don't understand them. They confuse me and confound me. And but so also, they if- also confound Ethan Hunt, which. I mean, he abandons company. them and just goes around. Yeah. Which is what you do if you're in a hurry. Never yeah. use the revolving doors in a hurry. Had to. What if he just pushed it really hard and the stroller was like, ah. <laughs> this, this poor woman's like, stop it. It's on wheels. The baby will be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's using the tracker blind in the sandstorm because remember, Wistrom has uh, the paper, but the, the tracking device only works like within half a mile or something. So he's got to stay close. And then he ends up getting run over by it, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because he's in the car. It's a really good sequence. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> but he ends up ripping a piece off of Wistrom's mask. And he's like, huh? What? What? Somebody else has got mask technology? And he ends up stealing a car and then cleverly crashes into Wistrom, mm-hmm. uh, which is wild that that didn't kill him or even incapacitate him slightly. Yeah, because that car goes like wreck. 20 feet in the air, almost smushes Ethan on the way down. Yes. And then that dude just like running away. He's already gone when this, he goes to check the wreckage. This dude who's conservatively in his late 60s, like. <laughs> I know my note was and not, he's and fucking not in a, gone. And not in a Tom Cruise late 60s. No, I mean like your real Uncle Marty. 60s. Mid 60s. <laughs> Uncle Marty. <laughs> so then now it's a foot chase. But then he gets to like a, a farmer's truck first and it was cobalt takes off his mask the whole time. So it would have been better if instead of trying to capture Wistrom the whole time, if they had just shot him in the face because then cobalt's dead. And that's why cobalt I knew don't that. understand this shit. Is that why is that the the is that the movie's reasoning is like why he was dressed as H- someone else? Hendrix knows exactly what they're doing at all times. So he's going to dress like someone else so they don't just straight up kill him. Yes. Okay. I guess that makes more sense. If he's, are you, were you mad? Because you're like, why wouldn't he just be himself? No, I was like, what was the fucking point of like, hey, it's actually me, the old guy. Like, <laughs> I think the, the, the point, well, it's just a, another way to have like a Mission Impossible twist, I think. But if I'm going to read into it and give him a uh, benefit of the doubt, I think this is so important. These are the codes. Hendrix wants to be there personally. And if there is any fuckery, he can't be himself or they'll just shoot him in the face right sure i i still think this is like a hat on a hat situation where like if if there wasn't the reveal like oh i'm actually hendrix it was it was really wistrom the whole time you gain nothing you lose nothing i agree it's the same fucking movie it's a it's a reveal for a reveal's sake and it kind of brings up and i think you i th- actually think you answered my question pretty well i can't well. stop looking at the dick on your hand <laughs> hello <laughs> hello uh, and I think you answered my question, but I still think it's like adding this wrinkle that's very unnecessary. Was this your rant from this earlier? This is my rant. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I forgot this happened. So when he pulled off his mask, I was like, this is the dumbest thing. I, this is it's so also because Hendrix is such a nothing villain. Yeah. That the reveal is like, who's that? <laughs> Again, and, and to your point, I think it's this movie just going out of its way to be like, isn't this guy super cool? He's like Ethan Hunt equal. He's like IMF equal, and in no way do I ever buy it. No, <laughs> no. This uh, this is Uncle Marty having a little too fun in Dubai. Okay, he's like Ethan Bunt. 
<laughs> got him. So then they're back at the at the camp at the clubhouse. Brant's yelling at Carter because Sabine's dead while Ethan is in there cleaning up and plotting on the next phase, right? Because now he took the gamble and now they have the real launch codes. So mm-hmm. he's looking like a real dumbass right now. So the call comes in on that face from Bogdan, which is something I totally understood the whole time and can conf- <laughs> and <laughs> and then Ethan goes in and confronts Brant about his skills. Right. And like, you got secrets. Tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here, fellas? Whoa. Do it. Uh, and then he gets a message from kiss? blocked, which is Bogdan again. All clear. Uh, so Ethan goes up and meets with uh, Bogdan and his brother cousin who's like a, 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 a his brother an cousin. arms dealer <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like if paul giamatti became a tech bro and during that brant tells the rest of the crew which is benji and carter the story about like he quit because ethan's wife got killed and it was his fault he was supposed to be helping them like he could have warned him but he was told not to and he didn't right so he murdered uh so ethan murdered the russians that did it that's why he was in prison and everybody else is like oh shit uh, and then, so the diamonds. I she just left him. That's a bummer. That's way worse. She left him from life. Oh, at least she didn't break up with him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least that. Yeah. Uh, diamonds are for Bogdan, and they're forever as well. Diamonds are a Bogdan's <laughs> best friend. <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, "I'm not buying anything. I'm selling a future." Because he's trying to say, "Hey, if this guy gets the tactical satellite, uh, then everybody's going to die, and you're not going to be able to sell guns and stuff, and that's not fun." And the guy's like, "You got a good point." Because where would he get a tactical satellite? That's the last piece of the nuclear puzzle. So the team gears up for Mumbai. Wait until you see the car. Where's he getting these toys? That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have an IMF. So that was part of my confusion. Where, oh, I does, thought, he, where does he get this like $400,000 car? I thought Sergey's cousin was supplying them for the mission. I guess. Yeah. Because he gave them all the That's diamonds. That's a very expensive car. But he gave them the diamonds. That's a lot of diamonds. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But he gave those to Bogdan. Bogdan's like, these are for me. But there's was, there was a part, point where there I will where, not share. Where Ethan was like, those diamonds are for Bogdan. And Bogdan's like, oh, that's okay. He, he, he can have him. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool. He, he will literally kill me. Um, All I need is a dumpster to dive into. I love it, dude. I love it, dude. Have you tried it? <laughs> My guy. Do a flip. <laughs> uh, Bogdan's cousin. Cannonball. <laughs> Bogdan's cousin calls the Russian operative to snitch, but it's at Ethan Hunt's behest. We later find out they do this again in five. I don't care. I love it every time mm-hmm. uh, they meet. <laughs> Bridge Nath is a great character. I think he's uh, super horny for Jane Carter. <laughs> this dude is a, a dog without a leash, man. Indeed. He is. He he's doing. He's literally doing like the Looney Tunes, like where his like eyes bulge out, and and his tongue becomes like twenty feet long, like, and, like unrolls like a red carpet. Um, Ethan doesn't blame her, right? We have that conversation. He's not mad. I'm just disappointed. And <laughs> uh, Benji and Brant discuss the floaty magnet suit plan, which is an interesting piece of tech. I don't know that I buy completely, but it's funny because yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like jumping into an oven basically. And Benji's like, mm, yeah, yeah, and I catch you. No big deal. I, I love this exchange between Benji and Brant where he's like, I guess I'm a little confused in the part where I jump. He's like, and I catch you. I don't understand what, what's, what's so confusing. Hard. You jump. Yeah, you're going to be. Uh, I would be worried about the heat. What heat? <laughs> <laughs> and the car is nice. Ethan was not lying. That thing rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they end up stalking Bridge Nath throughout the party. 
and Briz tries some rich riz on uh, <laughs> Agent Carter. He just comes up and he's like, yeah, I own a lot of shit. Everybody, I'm going to buy a drink for everyone in the bar. And everyone's want, leaving a bottle with Cristal. Yeah, they each get a bottle on the way home. And here's, a, here's a tray of cell phones. I have my assistant bring me when, <laughs> when one of them is ringing. <laughs> the dude with the cell phone tray. <laughs> um, and then Brant is quite nervous about the jump and Renner is great here. I think he's so good in this movie. He's such a great addition. I think he's crushing it. Oh, when he's like taking off his tie, like doing little stretches and trying to hype, yeah. hype himself up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's very well done. Yeah. So Bridge walks away. Ethan goes in for the, uh, the, I don't know why I call oh, the hunch kiss. Cause he's like, don't hit me. I got a hunch. <laughs> oh, well, well, there's a, there's a point when, uh, so, uh, Bridge Nath is like hitting on her and she's supposed to like get the codes from him like very soon. But right when when uh, Brant jumps, um, she kind of like accidentally like jump scares and like crushes his fingers. Yeah. So he like leaves. And so they think it's. Mitchell. And he's also seen Ethan, too. And he like kind of thinks that's her boyfriend. Yeah. And so you think like, oh, no, they're they're messed up. And Brant's like, was I was I not supposed to jump because I jumped? And he's yeah, like, just his magnets there. have him hovering over the, the spinny thing. Yes. It's great. And, then, and But we did. This is a Mission Impossible 1 Easter egg. Yes. Brant gets to do it. So, so far, we're four for four on that. We are four for four. four I didn't even four, notice. Four for four. <laughs> we Blake Maislin this. Oh, shit, yeah. dude. Or Wendy's did, however you want to. You guys remember when that, that was a thing? Four was, for four, yeah. It was $4. <laughs> you could get four items for Man. $4. Man. Dude, a junior bacon cheeseburger was a dollar. Ah, dude. And I a wish Frosty I, was a dollar. Take me back. Take me back. Before then. you go-go? Uh, so the hunch kiss is designed to make bridge jealous, right? Mm-hmm. And he does this thing where he comes back. He wants to show her his art, but he's like, then you have to find me. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Dude? I'm a weird, quirky tech billionaire. And then Ethan's losing patience and he's got like the eagle eye view of the party. He's like, he's fucking over there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Cause he keeps kind of getting on the intercom and saying like, I'm very hot. I'm a very hot man. I'm yeah. very hot. And he was like, he's in the corner. Go to, please go to the corner. Turn I'm, left. I'm tired of listening to this. <laughs> he's, creep. he's right there. <laughs> and the Russian operative is there as well. So she finds bridge after Ethan gets frustrated and Hendrix uh, enters and kills the guard. So he's in the same place for the same reason, but he's got, he's much like um, mission impossible Two, where uh, I forget Doug Ray Scott's character's name, but yeah, he, they do the same thing. It's he's like, comfortable I, killing everybody. Can I help you? And he's like, no, you may not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's the exact same exchange. And it's very similar. And, um, and Carter needs to move faster. She's got to get the codes from bridge. She's got to riz the codes from bridge and Hendrix. <laughs> Uh, already has the server. He's in a TV he's station, in, yeah. six point seven miles from here. Um, he's, so he's, she, he's downloaded. He's uploading a virus to their server to kill it, so they can't yeah. do anything at all on their end. Yeah, and then she knocks out Bridge uh, after getting what she needs. She gets the, the the codes to the systems for them to log into, but they are too late. And Ethan sees the Russian operative as he's leaving and just kind of nods to him, like he knew he was there the whole time. He's five steps ahead. Oh, hey, buddy. Hi, friend. I found a garbage can out here I could jump into. He's supposed to be dumpster. Uh, Brant gets garbage out. Garbage can is way too small. <laughs> Brant finally gets out. And and it's harrowing because, like, the magnet doesn't push him up high enough for him to reach the exit. It's really. Yeah, and he keeps, like, touching the sides of the wall, which are, like, incredibly hot. Yeah. Burning. And he's like, ah, no. Yeah. Ah. But he does, like, this kickoff jump thing. It's really impressive and gets through. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that shot. Next time I seduce the rich guy. Yeah. I love it. 
And I want to see that movie, by the way. I want to see Brant seduce a yes. rich guy. I want that really bad. Nas Queen. Oh. If the rich guy is played by Werner Herzog. Hello. Did you tell me that your name is Brant? I would like to show you a baby. <laughs> it's, it's Baby Yoda. Come right this way. <laughs> Hendrix begins the sequence of the launch firing, and the world is about to end. Uh, Carter fights Wistrom, um, but he broke the relay and cut the power, and she gets shot. He runs off. Ethan fights Hendrix, and who's got the case right mm-hmm. where he can stop the launch sequence. And another really cool fight scene sequence of him in the moving car garage thing. Yeah, it's actually like really well done because you know mm-hmm. Ethan could mop the floor with this guy if it was just a straight up fight, but Ethan's not so worried about beating up beating him up as just getting the case. So it becomes this the action is sort of centered around them throwing the case away from each other yeah. and then the mechanical parking garage will like move the case and they're jumping up and down. It's you know what this reminded really well, me well of? I think you'd be happy. What? Star Wars. It reminded me of Star Wars. There's a f- two things. The, the the scene where Anakin jumps into the, um, the speeders g- oh. and the Attack of the Clones, I think. Okay. Where he's, he's Obi, one Kenobi's with him and he's like, yeah. he just jumps out of it and stuff. But mainly the fight scene, uh, between I think it's Palpatine and Yoda and like the um and the Senate chamber the Senate chamber because they're in all these chairs and stuff and I don't know why I just oh, okay I don't know I, what it I is about this that. sequence that reminded me so much of Star Wars but that's what I was thinking of the whole time I was uh, like I'm gonna share that with Steve I like that I'm glad I'm happy I'm happy for you buddy any good Star Wars reference is I, welcome I, right give it give me more um but I do love how this so they're they're leaping back and forth and the the best thing this villain does is he just like Harry carries himself off. The- <laughs> Harry carry here. He, he, he realizes like he's so gun ho about his cause of just causing a nuclear annihilation for some fucking reason. Yeah, he knows he's going to die anyway. And he knows he's going to fail if he keeps up this charade with Ethan. So he just picks up the case, hugs it, and then like falls off like in the, a brutal way the the fifteenth floor and like hits a car on his way down. I know, and it's like not high enough. Like this is, I hate falling, right? Yeah. But I almost think if he had made it all the way down to the ground, he would have died. But the fact that he like hit that car halfway through, like Sabine's it just death fucked him up is probably better than like the 20 story. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you just get the fuck knocked out and you just like yeah, he, mangled he, and die slowly at the bottom. Yeah. He's where she hurt. probably had a heart attack in like 30 floors and was sure. just toast. You know? And even if she was alive when she hit the ground, she would have just exploded. Yeah. Lights out. Yeah. I still don't want to do either. Right. But I would really hate to like hit six cars for 20 stories and mm-hmm. then just lay there and watch Ethan undo my plan. Yeah. Cause at one point he's like, eh, don't touch my kids. <laughs> I do like, I do the one I also really enjoy that he sees that he, his plan failed before he dies. It's kind of a, nice yeah. like poetic justice but benji also uh kills wistrom yes at one point because he's Brant, a field guy now. Brant's trying to put the power back on so they saves can carter save the connection and benji ends up shooting uh wistrom to save brant uh they turn the power back on ethan's like mission accomplished accomplished it's so bad 
I forgot this joke. So in the moment when he did that, I was like, "Oof, that's really bad." But then but again, then they make fun they of save it. Save it because he's talking to Luther at the end. And by the way, why wasn't Luther in this movie until the like they had him? Obviously, because he's in the end. He's yeah. like, "You didn't say mission accomplished." I fucking did, dude. I'm a douchebag. Well, I think uh, from a screenwriter's perspective, I can see a screenwriter going like, well, we, a big part of this movie is Benji. And Benji has a similar skill set to Luther in terms of like the tech stuff. True. And in fact, in the beginning of five, they kind of talk about like, you guys are doing the same thing. Uh, we're working together. We're getting help. Oh, that's true. Uh, so I think from a and, and maybe Ving Rhames just wasn't available for this one. But I feel like a screenwriter would be like, oh, they serve similar roles. So we left Ving Rhames out of this. That's one. true. Two tech guys. But yeah, he goes, mission accomplished. The button doesn't initially work because they haven't initiated the, yeah, the connection he hasn't fixed between the relay them. Yet. Uh, but they, Benji and team are able to actually fix the connection just in time uh, for Tom to like, because he keeps pressing the button as the timer's running out. And he finally presses it like with like less than a second to go. And the bomb disengages and like runs into um, the ocean. I forget what the, the what that building is. I think it's in San Francisco. But it like hits the tower of this building and falls into the ocean. It's a a dead nuke. Safe at the bottom of the ocean. Dead in the water. With all the other bombs. Yeah. Dead in the water. And Ethan wanted the Russian operative to find him there. That's why he just nodded at him at the party. Because he told the dude to snitch on him. So that he could absolve the IMF in America of the bad Russian relations things for the Kremlin. So he wanted them to discover this. Luckily, the guy who like picked up on it super fast. He like walks in, sees the whole chaos at the garage. And he's like, oh, we are cool. I am connecting dots. <laughs> super, super good at getting at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said Super it. good. Uh, well, my brain was thinking of the moment. It's kind of funny. He walks in. And, you know, everything in these movies is always spelled out for the audience. And so, like, the briefcase computer thing just says, like, nuclear bomb disarmed. And he's like, oh. Ethan did a good thing. Yeah, that's what it says, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but, yes, he's telling Luther the story. They're they're making fun of the bad mission accomplished joke. Don't tell me you said mission accomplished. I did, man. I was losing it. Um, <laughs> and he's like, see you in Kandahar, right? Um, and then we get like the sound. Yeah, I, I get the impression that Luther was a part of the team that spent the entire weekend looking for the bomb in the ocean. Cause he says like, I lost, I blew an entire weekend in San Francisco cause of you clowns. So oh, yeah. I guess Luther was part of the cleanup crew for that bomb. Without Ethan, it took him a week to find out. He would have found out immediately. Yeah. And there's like a sappy team speech and he gives each of them a phone. He's like, I want you guys on my crew, even though Jane's not going to be in the next movie. And <laughs> he's like, your missions, should you choose to accept them or no, choose to accept them. Yeah, your mission, your missions, period. Yeah. Choose to accept them. Period. Yeah, I need you. Brant doesn't pick up his phone because Ethan's. But then he's like, oh, I got to tell you a secret, man. Your wife's dead because of me. I'm really sorry. He's like, my wife isn't dead. She's right there. I'm being creepy watching her right now. <laughs> it's a secret. I don't. It's the only way she could be safe is if we're not together. So that's why you know that they've yeah. written that he's not with her. Yeah, we get to see Michelle Monaghan back, and she sees him, and she smiles. And they smile. By the way, what in reality? I don't mean to be weird here, but it's just I'm keeping shit real. Keep it real. What a terrible life, knowing that your husband or wife is just watching you at all times, but you're supposed to live a new life. Yeah. Like, it's like when you're a kid and you think God's real and just watching you all the time. (laughs) 
Some, pe- <laughs> some people still think that, <laughs> depending on your religious stances. I know, but I mean... <laughs> Maybe you should have said when we thought Santa Claus was real, and he was always keeping a list and checking it twice. <laughs> that would be the less defensive thing to say. <laughs> Go say, sure. <laughs> Don't take that out. I'll take the brunt of it. I don't give a shit. Okay, all right. But I'm just saying, like, she's just, like, on a date. You know what I mean? Just riding cowgirl, having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And and Ethan's just out there with his hood up, like. Yeah, she's living life. (laughs) I'm protecting her. She doesn't like that position. Should I help? No. He calls the guy. He's like, Benji, I need you to relay a message to this house. <laughs> what? Why? It's a long story. Anyway, oh, we missed that's a, just something I thought of. We missed the fun little bit where Benji's like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll join the team. It's not like the next mission is going to be any harder than that last one. Am I right? Am I right, guys? Why is no one laughing? Because it is. Because it's going to be way harder. It's always increasingly more difficult, and yeah. the budget is higher. Oh. But, but Ethan, yeah, they get a mission about the syndicate. Yeah, Ethan puts on his crime hoodie and he gets, I, I put the note. He's got the same hooded jacket from Russia that he found like on a bench. How? Maybe the Russian guy gave it to him. He's I like, like this look for you, Ethan. I thought you looked great. Or, do it. you think it really? Could you, could you wear it but like not have a shirt underneath as well? I thought you looked great in it. I thought you looked very good. <laughs> you were like Russian nesting doll. This should be this should be on cover of movie. Oh, it is. <laughs> Neat. But cut your hair for the next movie. So the syndicate was actually the uh, the team of the antagonistic group that the TV show mainly fought against. Oh, is it really? Yeah. It's um, a whole thing. So I think so initially I think they threw this line in as like an Easter egg to that, but then Rogue Nation comes out next. Macquarie's like, no, nah, I'm running with that. No, I'm running with that. That's a, yeah, the syndicate. That's, I fuck with that's that. That's dope. Yeah. We're doing that. We're gonna do the S with the three lines on top, three lines on bottom with the triangle connections. Mm-hmm. That'll be their symbol. Yeah. <laughs> Just here. I fucking wish that was the That'd be amazing. They just left their calling card and it was just that. It's and that's e- it. So it's so the bomber was either a part of the syndicate or a kid in high school. Either a way. Bo- a bored kid in high school. Either way, we're kicking their ass. So now it's time to rank the first four films. Now the streaming thing's official ranking from before, as it stands, is two from worst to best. Yeah. Two, one. Three, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I propose, and I think you agree, is that we make it two, one, four, three. I agree completely. So I don't know why I did worst to best. That's so dumb. So the best one is still Mission Impossible. So uh, Mission Impossible three so far. Ghost Protocol is second. Correct. Then Mission Impossible one is third. Correct. Mission Impossible two is in dead last. I said it so confusingly and stupid. Nobody (laughs) starts from... Well, I'm used to making the I, videos, I guess, where yeah. I start with worst. Well, I think this is going to be the controversial one. Like, this is the one where we might lose some people where they're like, oh, no, Ghost Protocol is definitely better than I, Mission I'm Impossible telling 3, you, a but- lot of people put one in, like, the top three. Um, but also, I think this is another. Uh, the, oh, I forgot to tell you that. That's I was offended. That's fine. Like, if you love Brian De Palma's first mm-hmm. film, there's tons of reasons why I get that. Yeah. However, the fact that three was right above two at the bottom yeah. on most rankings. It's it's like a, it's a joke movie to most. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, Mission Impossible Three is awesome. What is not to love? Yeah, the Splody Carrie Russell move, the Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. the the Billy Crudup. I, let me put it to you this way: put Mission Impossible Three. I will remember everything about that movie as long as I live. 
the 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 splody nose thing, the Tom Cruise getting rocked into a side of a car, Philip Seymour Hoffman being awesome, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Billy Kirk's yeah. turn. I will always remember that stuff. After we turn the microphones off, I guarantee you, I will forget who the villain of this movie is. And that is sure. <laughs> and that I think is a big re- and reason why this movie like is really no. Struggling. I think we spelled it out great at the top. Mm-hmm. I just and I just I'm shocked at how people feel about three for the most part. Yeah. I really truly am. So we're going That's great. Do you think it might be some like retroactive J.J. Abrams? I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Because J.J. Abrams does not have a good rep now. Now, like at the time he did. But in 2006, he was like a rising star. And then even when The Force Awakens came out, people were like, oh, yeah, fucking J.J. Abrams is doing Star Wars. That's perfect. There was a lot of lens flare jokes. Yeah. That's J.J., right? Yes. But other than that, Star Trek, for the most part, no big deal. Everybody fucked with that guy. And after the whole Star Wars thing and I think some other things, um, not so yeah, great. There's, there's sort of this revisionist history about J.J. Abrams now where like he's not super popular now. So now people are kind of dogging on. Well, his he was like this work. wunderkind at the time, mm-hmm. like this, like uh, Steven Spielberg light and everybody yes. liked him. And now it's like, fuck that dude. He's trying to be Steven Spielberg, but he's not. Uh, but I think there is a lot of that to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I hear I'm going to say something really snobby. Ooh, I like snobby, Chris. I think everybody I think. Everybody doing that has not seen three in a long time. Oh, they're just going off of a memory for I think they're going six. The first one's great. It's legendary. It they haven't watched that one recently either. Yeah, I think if they watched it recently, they, they would see. And they've been watching four, five, and six over and over, which that's fine. I get it. Yeah, for the last ten awesome. years. And that's my theory. And that's snobby. I like nobody's I, watched three last week like we did and been yeah. like ass. That's my theory. That's my theory. <laughs> you know, I, I think you're you're right. I do believe that people are going to write in and be like, oh, my gosh, Ghost Protocol is better than three. But you can't deny that both movies are great. 100 percent. They're great. Like movies. I said, Mission Impossible even, is one of those franchises where any ranking you're like, that's fair. yeah, seriously. Even me, someone who does not like the first movie, like I can understand like this is objectively good. I got an angry email about hating Mission Impossible, too. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Which fucking shocked the shit out of me, dude. I know uh, one of my one of my best friends, John, who's actually I think we called him on um, the Oscars, one of the Oscars episodes years ago. Uh, he actually texted me and he was laughing. He's like, dude, I, I listened to the Mission Impossible 2 episode. Mission Impossible 2 is my favorite one. And it was so funny listening to you guys dog on it. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. No hate to this commenter. Um, but I was just surprised at how upset you seem to be. Maybe I'm reading too much stank in the tone. Uh, and I'm not rereading this. This is my first reread of this on air. I'm not like checking it mentally before I say this on air. Uh, I watched some of your podcast and your disdain for this film is truly a little baffling to me. And not just because it happens to be my favorite of the mission impossible movies, although five and six run it close. Um, one and a half stars, which is what I gave it on Letterboxd. This is where this is on Letterboxd. Oh, it's on Letterboxd. Suggests oh, okay. that this is notoriously terrible filmmaking, so that's a harsh blow for a legendary director who is anything but incompetent, but more so because you've rated a movie like RRR, five stars, and I'm struggling to- What's wrong with RRR? I'm struggling to work <laughs> out what would make Rajamouli's overblown and absurd action aesthetic so appealing to you, given your loathing for this. Um, you want slow-mo. So, and I think that there is something to that. I, I appreciate- he talks about uh, a CGI menagerie of tigers leaping into view in the background. Um, here's the thing is that RRR is earnest. It, you know, I, I weep watching that movie and it, the fact that it's over the top 
uh, it's like a genre exercise to me mm-hmm. um, and a cultural thing that I'm not super familiar with. Like it just rings differently to me. And that might be a bullshit answer to you. But in Mission Impossible, I think it just doesn't fit at all. I love John Woo. Nine out of 10 John Woo films are great. I fucking love Face Off. Are you shitting me? I also gave that five stars. I'm pretty sure you forgot to mention that. <laughs> uh I just don't think it fits. It's just totally at odds with the entirety of the rest of the franchise to me. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's totally off. And it's misogynistic at times. There's only one female character in that movie who is a fuck toy for the villain. It's a wild, like no offense to you. It's a wild movie. Like, I don't think why I hate it is like you have to dig very deep at all. Mm -hmm. Am I like, I'm kind of ranting now, but no, I I, I agree with you at all. Like, uh, and like you said, RRR is a very earnest movie. Then it, it, it's a genre. It's having fun with the genre. It's playing with it. And it's like, it still feels human. There's still like a human story in there. Yes. Whereas there's nothing human in, you know, plus there's one of the greatest action sequences that. I've ever seen at the beginning of RR. Yeah. Uh, oh, hell yeah. When he takes on the crowd of people. I mean, it's fucking bonkers. Yeah. That's it's one crazy of the best good. action scenes ever. But also like, and, and and I, but, but mission impossible Two has like not no good action scenes. Like the action scenes are like, mid to subpar like they're okay they're fine they're serviceable especially the hand-to-hand fights yeah they're, they're serviceable they're fine but they're nothing like groundbreaking but that's like just our, our opinion like i appreciate you for listening to the show it sounds like you got angry and turned it off and maybe i would have said some more things that you could have like gotten with if you'd listened to the whole thing but dude i totally understand not wanting to watch me talk for an hour and a half uh, but if, if you're listening to this i no offense if you love mission impossible too as, as much as i joke and, and like I'm honest about my vitriol for it. Like, fuck yeah. Like, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not judging you, you know? Yeah. My favorite movie of all time is A Knight's Tale. Like, do you. And to be honest, like, if if we weren't doing the, the, the streaming things official ranking of these movies, I personally have two above one oh. in my personal mind just because I don't like one. Wild. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> I See, I disagree with Steve. Yeah. And it it, it's okay. It's a subjective art form. We all have, like, different opinions. Yeah. And, like, we have fun and we dog on things, but it's usually, like... I feel like our negativity isn't so like this movie's the fucking worst. Ever I try not to be. It. It's I'm, more like, isn't this fucking ridiculous and silly and stupid? I think I'm more unapologetically I'm more myself about it on the podcast than I am in any other public place. You're more what? More unapologetically myself. Oh, okay. So I yeah. say things that are just like can be construed wrong because like I trust the 20,000 people listen <laughs> for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we got good listeners. And so that's why I'm like overly harsh on Mission Impossible 2 on air. Cause I'm just like, these are my friends. I have a lot of friends and we talk about movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't expect anybody to take offense. So I went on way too long on that. Um, but I, I remember reading that and being like, oh shit, I hope I didn't offend you for like, I'm really shocked. Uh, a, that Mission Impossible 2 truthers exist. <laughs> <laughs> and B, that you'd be offended. Uh, I didn't mean that at all. So I'm just glad everybody loves movies. So it's a subjective art. That's all the time we've got for right now. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Ethan Buns. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt my stomach. I ate too many meat sticks.